On May 4th, 1932, a woman named Minnie Janssen became concerned for the well-being of her friend, Lily Lindstrom, when she hadn't seen or heard from her in three days despite many attempts to reach her. When police arrived at Lily's apartment, what they discovered would haunt the Atlas neighborhood for years to come. This is the story of the Atlas vampire and the murder of Lily Lindstrom. I'm Ashton, and welcome to The Haunted Corner. everyone. Welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm so glad you're here because this week I have something crazy to tell you about. It's kind of a shorty. There's not a ton of information out there, but I had to look into this a little bit more. Today we're talking about the murder of Lily Lindstrom and the killer who became known as the Atlas Vampire. The sources that I used will be listed on the blog post, and it will be linked to in the show notes. This is a wild story, so buckle up and let's get into it. The story begins in Stockholm in 1932. While the 1920s were full of optimism and excitement for the future, the 1930s brought an entirely different energy, and the Great Depression turned many people's worlds upside down. This was no different for a young woman named Lily Lindstrom. Lily was born in Malmo on August 29th of 1900. She married young and divorced quickly after before moving to Stockholm when she was 22. After the Great Depression hit, Lily, like many, fell on hard hard times. She began escorting in April of 1931 using the phone in her apartment to book clients. She reportedly did pretty well for herself. She lived a stable life and was able to purchase more luxurious items for the times, like a radio, the telephone she had in her apartment, and she even bought clothes on credit at local stores. Lily was well-known around the area and well-liked by the people who know her. April 30th is known as Valpurgis Night in Sweden, which is an abbreviation of St. Valpurgis Night, and is the eve of the Christian feast day of St. Valpurgia. St. Valpurgia was praised for his battles against diseases, pests, and, you guessed it, witchcraft. Christians would, of course, pray for his intervention against witches, warlocks, and the like. And people still light bonfires to ward off evil spirits on Valpurgis Night. It's celebrated on the night of April 30th and into May 1st. Lily and her friend Minnie were talking about going to the celebrations for Valpurgis when their conversation was interrupted by a phone call. Minnie overheard Lily talking with a male client who asked if Lily would be able to receive him if he arrived shortly. Lily said that she could and asked him if he was far away. 
He responded, quote, no, I'm very close. I'm coming soon, end quote. Shortly after, Minnie left the building to get some milk. And when she returned around 7 o'clock p.m., she noticed that Lily was entertaining a male client in her apartment. Minnie returned to her apartment, and a little while later, Lily came to Minnie's door to ask her for a condom. She came down one other time to ask, again, for a condom. She was nude except for a coat, and she confirmed that the man was the same one from the phone call earlier. This was the last time Minnie would see her friend Lily. Around 9 o'clock, Minnie Minnie knocked on Lily's door to see if she still wanted to go to the bonfire like they had planned. When no one answered, she assumed it was because Lily had gone out with her client. But when Minnie went to the bonfire, she couldn't see Lily anywhere. She went home and she knocked on Lily's door and again, there was no answer. After another male friend was unable to get in touch with Lily, he and Minnie went to visit a woman named Ruth Janssen. Ruth and her husband were the landlords of the apartment building. The three then went to visit another friend named Emma, who also had not seen Lily since Valpurgis night. She had plans to meet up with Lily on May 2nd, which Lily had also missed. Because of the dangerous lifestyle Lily had been living and the fact that no one had seen her in several days, the friends decided it was time to go to the police on May 4th. Stockholm police officers went to Lily's apartment, and when they were unable to get an answer at the door, they called in the fire department to break into Lily's apartment. As they entered the apartment, they noticed that it was clean and tidy, Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary at first, but as they made their way into the apartment and into the bedroom area, they discovered a shocking scene. Lily's nude and lifeless body was discovered face down on an ottoman. She had suffered blunt force trauma to the head, and it appeared that she had been dead for two to three days at the time that her body was discovered. Her clothes were neatly folded and sitting on a chair next to her body, Three cushions had been stacked on top of the body. The doctor who arrived on scene was named Dr. Turnell. He determined that Lily had died from three blows to the back of the head, possibly caused by a crowbar or a pipe or something similar in weight and size. Dr. Turnell believed that Lily had been attacked from behind, possibly while engaged in a sex act. Nothing seemed to be missing from the apartment. There was no weapon found at the scene, but there was a blood-soaked tea towel that was found in the kitchen. Aside from the tea towel, there was surprisingly a little amount of blood found at the scene. And the strangest part of this case is that there was a small amount of saliva found on Lily's neck, and her body had been almost entirely drained of blood. There were no noticeable puncture wounds found on the body, and there was no blood found on the walls, floor, or any of the furniture. So what happened to Lily? Police initially thought that she had been killed by one of her clients. This wasn't exactly an an uncommon thing, and there were three condom wrappers found in the trash can, as well as a condom that was found protruding from Lily's body when they arrived. So this added fuel to that theory. 
But the fact that all of the blood had been drained from Lily's body was something that obviously raised some red flags. Whoever did this had to have been skilled in some way to drain the body in the way that they had and to not leave a significant amount of blood behind. It would be noted that there was a restaurant below Lily's apartment. But aside from the theory that Lily had been murdered by one of her clients, there wasn't really a lot to go on. There was no one seen at the apartment to link to the murder. But there were two separate incidents that were suspicious that night. At a local restaurant known as Norma's Cafe, a man came in around 9 o'clock p.m. and he was carrying a porcelain container that a waitress who was working that night noticed. And she knew that that container belonged to Lily Lindstrom. The other incident occurred the morning after the murder when the apartment next door was burgled. A woman was awoken around 5 o'clock a.m. by a young man who was attempting to break into a locked storage closet. She screamed and the man tried to muffle her, but she was able to escape and run down the stairs. When she got outside, she screamed for a nearby officer, but by the time that he was able to reach her apartment, the burglar was gone. So two different but possibly related events, or maybe they were separate events that weren't related. You never know. Police brushed it off as unrelated because there was no evidence of robbery in Lily's case. So there's that. The next strange occurrence in this case came six weeks after Lily's murder when a stained ladle was found outside of the apartment building. Although the ladle was too light to be the murder weapon, many speculated that the stains on the ladle were blood and that the murderer had used it to drink Lily's blood on the night of her murder. The ladle, along with the fact that Lily's body had been almost completely drained of blood, caused these theories and rumors to go rampant, with local media dubbing the killer the Atlas Vampire. This happened in the wake of the Peter Curtin murders. He was dubbed the Vampire of Dusseldorf and had attempted to drink the blood of his victims. So was this possibly a copycat of that? This was before the Dracula movies when vampires were brought into entertainment and media, but vampirism was something that was still on the front of everyone's minds. A little thing that I thought was interesting, according to a Medium article, as of 2010, over 50,000 people have appeared in psychiatric literature who are obsessed with drinking blood. The condition is popularly known as Renfield syndrome. Clinical vampirism is rarely diagnosed and usually forms part of a more conventional psychiatric diagnosis as such as schizophrenia or paraphilia. While most those with the condition can seemingly control their desires or have sought adequate treatment, several serial killers have utilized blood drinking in their modus operandi, including the notorious Peter Curtin and Richard Chase. So were the police in Stockholm dealing with their own Peter Curtin? Possibly. They really didn't know what to do. They were pretty desperate, and they arrested a pimp by the name of Peterson after his own wife came forward with her own suspicions. 
Apparently he had come home covered in blood. So police held him for 10 days before releasing him after his alibi checked out. His alibi was allegedly pretty shaky after his business partner vouched for him, which I'd love to know what the business partner said. Like, why, why'd you look like you were covered in blood? What do you mean? But apparently this alibi was solid enough for police. Another man with whom Lily apparently had an affair with was also cleared along with a few other men. There were fingerprints left in the apartment, but there were a ton of them. And without DNA testing for the saliva found on her body and the semen found in the condoms, police weren't going to be able to close this case unless they could catch the Atlas vampire in action. So they waited for him to strike again, but he never did. The case of the murder of Lily Lindstrom went cold and there was no sight of the Atlas vampire again. All of the evidence gathered by the Stockholm detectives can currently be found at the Swedish Police Museum. The items include a hair sample, saliva samples, and some old condoms. And that is the story of the Atlas Vampire and the murder of Lily Lindstrom. I'd love to hear your theories and what you think about this case. Thanks for tuning in today. The sources for today's episode will be listed on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. I'll link to that in the show notes. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes with a new one dropping this week. And you guys, I can't wait to talk about this guy. His name is Big Nose George, and you're not going to want to miss it. So jump over to patreon.com forward slash the haunted corner. Make sure you sign up at the $1 or $5 per month level. You'll have access to that episode when it drops. You'll also get access to these episodes early and ad free. And you support the show. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you have a case suggestion or a correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Bye.